Freddy from Elm Street? Ah, how I wish I could buy you a drink. Doing the Lord's work you are. And with a sense of humor, always look on the sunny side. my quivering simps. What pogaciousness we will snatch and wig. Big yikes. Big yeeting yikes, my fit friendos. Kin my cheeriodals. Today's episode of the New Albion Radio Hour is brought to you by Gabomo's Voodoo Market, where you can find all your religious and fetish needs. And no, not that kind of fetish. They've got skulls, bones, skins from every animal imaginable, including college students and some only theoretical. Herbs, potions, everything for the serious practitioner. Now, you're probably asking, Lloyd, how is this store legal? Aren't those voodoo punk morons hunted and banned? Why, yes, they are. And of course, hunting humans is the finest sport of all. If the government was smart, they would start a game show where every week they'd have a contestants come on, they'd arm them, then give them the name of some voodoo punk or college student to hunt, and away we go! Imagine the thrill, the drama, the pleading at the end. Although, I've heard people plead for their lives, and it's just sad. I despise listening to humans cry. I would have you know I have never shed a tear in my entire life. I wouldn't be caught dead weeping. Never. That's for simps. I was born ice cold, and ice cold I shall remain. No, my friends, Gabomo's Voodoo Market is a traveling market. Every Sunday it has a new spot. Usually in some odd and out-of-the-way place... I can't tell you where it will be this week because I was asked not to, and there's definitely nothing fishy happening around Lower Fifth Street. And furthermore, I'm not sure what they expect their advertising dollar to get that when they can't give out a location and they're only apparently open one day a week. But airtime does not pay for itself, so we will hawk any business that pays us, no matter how ridiculous. Gabomo's Voodoo Market! Open Sundays in a different location every week. Highly illegal. Being caught there by the authorities will result in instant death. But at least it's one more skull for the market to sell. So, go homo with Gobomo. Of course that doesn't make sense. Ah, This is the dumbest ad we've run yet. Anyway, without further ado, here's this week's thrilling episode. The gang found themselves in a tavern. They were a bit disoriented, but by this time, they were experienced enough to roll with it. The tavern looked medieval at best. Lots of swords, people in various degrees of peasant clothing, with others who looked like characters who could be half-mad wizards or beady-eyed thieves. A few priests, in fact, 
and the more they looked around, the more cliché everyone's dress style seemed. Well, said Michael, at least I'd make a sure bet we can grab ale here. Ooh, alcohol, said Jill. Barmaid, four ales over here, she shouted as they sat down. Michael was startled. Well, that could have been done with a bit more finesse, he said. Oh, I've always wanted to do that, replied Jill. As the ale came, the group noticed that Lloyd's hands were shaking. They looked at him with concern. He opened his mouth to speak, but couldn't. He just sat and shook. They all nodded and carried on as if this were all perfectly normal. Asha gently put her hand on his back and gave him a small caress. They started to talk about what to do when an enormously large man clad in nothing but a loincloth with an obnoxiously large sword strapped to his back lumbered in. He growled, Wench! Ale! Barwench! cried Jill. Oh my god, that's so much better. Asha looked at her. If someone called me a wench, I'd feed them their generals. Well, obviously, said Jill, but I always wanted to be in a sword and sorcery story. It's so much fun. You can say wench here. Maybe we should ask the barmaid if she actually wants to be called wench, said Asha. Michael smiled. Y'all have no tact. He leaned over as the barmaid came over with their ales. Hello, darling, he said. And for the next three minutes, Jill and Asha watched as the barmaid alternatively blushed and giggled. Several times they rolled their eyes, but at one point Asha leaned over and begrudgingly whispered, Okay, it is kind of impressive. I mean, nauseating, but impressive. Finally, Jill just said, Wrap it up, Romeo. Thank you, miss. Go take care of Manwich over there. Asha looked at the barbarian. I mean, I could munch on that for a bit. Jill nodded. Oh, I hear you, but I'd go with that hottie over there. She nodded towards what looked like a female drow with antlers brooding at a corner table. Mm, nice, said Asha although we seem to be a little unusually thirsty. It's the fear, said Jill. Michael leaned over to Lloyd. You ready to talk yet? Is there something I can do to help? Lloyd just shook his head and looked in turmoil. The huge barbarian suddenly stood up and threw a thief in a black tunic across the room into a wall. Well, serves him right, exclaimed Michael. He's a thief who's literally dressed like a thief. I mean, what kind of idiot? Numerous patrons rose with weapons drawn. You come to the wrong place, barbarian, said one. You didn't think you'd just be allowed to live after your stunt at the temple. Whoa, said Asha. Are we really equipped to survive a fight like this? Jill was muttering quickly, eyes closed. The bar erupted into an all-out clash of swords, knives, and spells. Michael was enjoying watching it immensely. Asha was a bit too nervous and jumped as tankards flew by them and tables smashed all around them. Jill just kept muttering and miraculously the fighting, which was destroying the tavern completely, missed them. Lloyd just sat and shook. He and Asha clutched hands. Oh shit, said Michael. What, said Asha. Michael just stared at her. Then she heard it too. Jill, she screamed. Jill, the noise. Jill opened her eyes, but didn't dare stop her murmuring. However, her eyes suddenly went wide as she too heard the high-pitched noise. No one fighting noticed, but the walls were starting to dissolve as black things devoured them, and in fact, the entire reality around them. Lloyd stood up. 
everyone, places. Life or death, we perform our play. Do not let the chaos distract you. Concentrate. We are not dying here. We are going to survive. We are going to destroy these things and make them wish their evolutionary tree had never sprung. But we have to get out of here. And that means places. Asha, you have the first line. Go. They started performing the play. A few lines into it, Lloyd shouted again, No, you're not feeling it. It won't work unless you feel it and believe it. All this around you, it's not real. None of this. None of these people. There is only us here now. Concentrate. They did. As they recited the next few lines, they realized the lines themselves were not important. There was a belief they had in themselves being in the moment of the play. As soon as they all arrived at that moment of belief, Lloyd shouted, The dance! The fighting had now switched to trying to destroy the black creatures. Fireballs whizzed by, knives swished, the drow woman had a whip she was flinging about. It didn't matter. The tavern was being consumed quickly. The gang danced and landed in their new spot. Michael got five words into his first line when they blipped away. Peter, called Puffer Fluffer. The meanies are marching on Springtown. We have to save Easter. Come on, everyone, called Peter Cottontail. Let's go. Well, this is new, said Michael. Maybe we should go hide in Springtown, said Asha. No, cried Jill. I am not having the Easter Bunny getting eaten by the gnomes because they were sheltering us. Well, said Michael, if you look over there, there's an army of dark, ugly things marching in formation. I assume that's the meanies. We could go towards them. Okay, said Jill. The gang headed towards the cartoonish, ugly meanies. So, are we being followed, asked Asha, by the gnomes? Because they arrived back at the tavern too quickly to be coincidence. I think we need to, started Lloyd, but a meanie lieutenant spied them. Halt! You there! Who are you and where are you going? Um, said Michael. Hey there, buddy. We don't want to intrude. We're just passing through. Don't mind us, so we'll be on our... They're spies, cried another meanie. Hang them by their toes. The meanies marched towards them. I, I mean, said Michael, they're literally called meanies. I don't know what else we were expecting. Lloyd stepped in front of the gang. Ex excuse me, Mr. Meanie? Um, I'm having a very bad day, and I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to step aside, or I will personally shove that spear you're carrying up your meanie hole. Furthermore, your entire world is in grave danger, and if you don't let us pass, we are going to be the least of your... Oh, shit, said Michael. There it is. Problems, finished Lloyd, as he too heard the high-pitched noise. Silence, worm, shouted the meanie. Places, said Jill. We've got to get out of here. The meanies kept marching towards them. Lloyd stepped towards the meanie nearest him and in a quick movement disarmed him and then butted him in the nose with his own spear. Whoa, said Michael. That was impressive. After the death cult, I, I took some classes, Lloyd replied. Jill, meanwhile, was muttering and suddenly shouted a word that caused the meanies all around them to blow backwards in a circle extending out from the gang. The mountains around them were starting to dissolve as a stream of black things devoured the landscape. Peter Cottontail, cried Jill. We have to start now, shouted Asha. Listen, said Lloyd, 
We do this five times in a row. As soon as we arrive at the next place, don't pause. Just start again. Five times in a row. The group did their scene, then their dance. They disappeared. They did as Lloyd said, five times in a row. On the third, they only got a third of the way through their scene when Lloyd cried, Dance! Sure enough, they were starting to feel when it clicked, when they could shift and blip. They needed much less time. They landed in the royal palace of King Merle in the realm of Mistovania. They were approached by guards, and Jill quickly whispered to the gang, Listen, we're not on the run. We're royal emissaries. We need to blend in with the narrative. Michael nodded and stepped up and started sweet-talking the guards. Within 15 minutes, they were shown to a suite of royal guest rooms. The rooms were lavish and wonderful with couches and beds and baths. The gang all flung themselves down, although none of them were really able to relax as they expected to hear the noise any second. A half hour passed, though, and nothing happened. Asha sat with Lloyd on a soft couch. Lloyd, she said, talk to me. How are you? You can't be well. You need to tell me before you explode. Oh, Asha, said Lloyd. My entire world, I'm, I'm, I'm consumed by, by pain and rage. I have so much rage, I, I don't know how to deal with it. Where to put it? I, I can't stop shaking. I can't stop thinking about revenge about hurting those things. I just keep spiraling around and around my head. I think I'm going mad. I believe you. Come, put your head on my lap. I'm going to pet you. It will make you feel a tiny bit better. It's all I can do. But, but, stammered Lloyd, I can't accept this. Asha, affection isn't something that is given. It has to be earned. Asha's eyes filled with tears. Oh, Lloyd, you poor, poor, silly boy, she said, and threw her arms around him and hugged him and started crying. After a few minutes of her hugging him fiercely while he stood there with a perplexed and helpless look on his face, Asha let go and growled, Lloyd Allen Put your head on my lap right now and let me play with your hair, or I swear to God I will beat you to within an inch of your life. Lloyd did as he was told. A half hour later, he was asleep, and some might even say, with the faintest trace of dried tear tracks on his cheeks and a hint of a contented smile on his face. The gang awoke to the high-pitched noise. Fortunately, they had all slept for several hours, although not enough, and they all cursed as they groggily crawled their way to a standing position and wearily assumed places for their play. Jumping a bunch works a bit, muttered Jill, to give us time. Want to go another five and then call the crossroads idiots, grumbled Michael. They're useless, but we're desperate. Seven times, said Lloyd, just to be sure. He glanced at Asha. Thank you, he said. Asha smiled, then sighed wearily and stretched. She let out a few F-bombs, and then they began, and the walls around them were consumed by black things. Seven jumps later, they set the radio down and dialed in the crossroads frequency. Jill manned the microphone. Hello? 
Hello, can you hear me? Is this the Crossroads people? There was static. Then, Hello? Hello? Is this Lloyd Allen? Lloyd, you're alive. We knew you'd make it. Michael face-palmed. Jill sighed and assumed a poise of patience. Hello, Seridwan. My name is Jill. We've spoken before, but you have trouble remembering. I have Lloyd Allen with me. There are four of us. We're all transcendents, but we don't know what we're doing and we're being hunted. We're in danger and we need to know what to do. There was a pause. You say we've talked before? Yes, we have. And frankly, these conversations are very circular. We can't deal with that right now. We're in trouble. We need help. We can't break you out of there if we don't survive. Bad things are chasing us across worlds. We know how to world jump, but they keep following us. We don't know how to do anything else. Sarah one talked to someone next to her, presumably the Baron, then replied, You're in a larger chase narrative. You need to change that. Switch the narrative style you're interacting with. The gang looked at each other. Seridwan, we're not sure we're anywhere near that kind of skill level yet, and we don't have time. They need to train up, they heard the Baron say. They should go to level five. The Baron took over the mic. Hello, this is Baron Samedi. You're not Baron Samedi, muttered Jill, too low for him to hear. You guys need to go to level five. Lot of power there. If you train there, you'll progress pretty fast. The possibilities there are incredible. Kind of disorienting at first, though. Doug, are you nuts? cried Saradwan. Hey, I'm the Baron! Doug, uh, Baron, whatever. You can't tell them that. It's dangerous there. We don't know what prolonged exposure to level five space would do to someone. Well, they're desperate and they need to train up. They should go to level five. Listen, kids, go to level five and explore narrative playwork. You can learn a lot fast. Kids, don't go to level five. It's a dangerous space. We don't know what could happen if you hang out there for too long. You need to find Lloyd Allen. He can help you. Jill cleared her throat. <clears> throat> one, we don't have options. Lloyd Allen is with us. How do we get to level five? The Baron spoke to one. If they're going to die anyway, what harm is it going to do? Kids, Saradwan is a worrywart. There's no evidence that level five is dangerous. It's fine. It, it's just weird. You can get there by getting to level two or by meta-hoisting. But if you can't meta-hoist, get to level two. Uh, level two is a kind of metaverse catacomb system. There are doors leading in and out of there. Uh, usually people build temples around them. You have to find a narrative with a door. You can... Uh, do you know how to douse? Asha leaned in. Like douse with a stick? Uh, yes, but no, no, not with a stick. It's searching for a, a type of element within a string of narratives, the Baron replied. I don't know how to do that, said Jill. How do we get to level five through level two? That doesn't make sense, said Michael. Well, it's not like that, said the Baron. Seven levels in, in an ascending and descending order is just a metaphor. It doesn't really work like that. Uh, the catacombs are, ah, they're like fairy paths. They wind behind the scenes of everything. Get to them, you'll lose whatever is chasing you. Saridwan took back over. 
You need to find Lloyd Allen. He'll know what to do. He's coming to rescue us. He can rescue you too. Jill started swearing, but Michael stopped her. The general. Asha's eyes widened. The general, yes. He was guarding a door to catacombs or pathways. It was something like that. Lloyd spoke up. But how do we get to somewhere specific? Like the general's temple. How do we just jump there? Hello, Baron. How do we jump to somewhere specific? Ah, we paused the conversation too long, whispered Michael. Hello? Is this Lloyd Allen? Are you alive? We knew you'd make it. Jill swore. She was about to start back at the beginning when the high-pitched noise began. They all cursed. Damn, that was fast this time, said Michael. Listen, said Lloyd, what if instead of trying to land in a, in a second play, we try to land in the temple with the general? And instead of Michael saying his first line of the second play, what if he prepares to say, hello, general, as his first line? What if that doesn't work, asked Michael. Well, then we just keep doing it until it does. What do we have to lose? Instead of eating the walls around them, a hole suddenly exploded in the center of one of the walls, and a torrent of black creatures spewed forth right where Asha stood. No! screamed Lloyd and jumped in front of Asha. The black creatures hit his stomach and began feasting on him. Lloyd screamed, not in pain, but in rage, and with his hands, grabbed clumps of the creatures and shoved them into his mouth and started eating them, chewing, their guts bursting and splashing as he gnashed and gnawed. Lloyd's eyes were wild and the noises he made animal, but he just kept shoving the black things into his face and chewing madly. The creatures had poured into the room onto the floor and surrounded the gang. However, as Lloyd chewed and grunted, the gore splashing down his front, the circle of creatures actually took a step back. Michael started reciting the play. Lloyd kept gnashing and staring intensely down at the circle of gnomes, unblinking. The gang had gotten quite proficient at jumping. They didn't need more than a few lines by now. They disappeared. They did not land in the temple. However, it only took four tries until they did. The general was overjoyed to see them and looked with perplexion at Lloyd, who was covered in gnome filth. He sniffed Lloyd's shirt, then nodded. The gang explained their plight. Well, they won't get through here, said the general. He picked up one of the torches that burned endlessly. You should have gone with fire. A lot easier than... Uh, eating your way through them. Uh, although, he nodded at Lloyd, respect for nonlinear thinking and just pure balls. Uh, oh, sorry, ladies. Uh, in my day, we equated bravery with male genitalia because it was, oh my God, we so don't care, said Jill. You're a good man, General. It's all good. We love you. We're, we're a little stressed out right now. We really need to go. We need to enter the catacomb thing. Level five, a nap. I'm hungry. I'm really fucking pissed off, she shouted. We love you. We'll be back, but we have to go. The General chuckled. Been there. He opened a huge stone door, and into it the gang went. Meanwhile, a long, long way away, in a narrative unconnected to the gang and their troubles, a man in a suit stood next to a cleaning lady in an office building. What the hell happened here, he exclaimed. 
I found it this way, Mr. Miller. The office is trashed. Someone went berserk. The man swore. Who was the last one in last night? He went over to his secretary that was just arriving in the early morning dawn. Kathy, call down to security and find out who was the last one out here last night. Yes, Mr. Miller. A few minutes later, she looked up from her desk. Mr. Miller, there was someone here till very late last night. They say he left around 3.30 in the morning. Well, who was it? Who trashed this office? They said it was Mr. Adams, sir. David. All right, well, you want music to stand to, then kin this, my little yeetaholics. I went out walking the other day, the head hung wet around my neck. My head had rung with screams and groans from the night I spent amongst her bones. And I passed beside the mission house where that mad old buzzard, the reverend, shrieked and flapped about life after you're dead. And I thought about my friend Michelle, how they rolled him in linoleum, and they shot him in the neck. A bloody halo like a think bubble a circle in his head. And I bellowed at the firmament, looks like the rains are here to stay. And the rain pissed down upon me and washed me all away. Saying, Papa won't leave you, Henry. Papa won't leave you, boy. Papa won't leave you, Henry. Papa won't leave you, boy. Well, the road is long and the road is hard and many fall by the side. And Papa won't leave you, Henry. So there ain't no need to cry. Yeah, I went on down the road. Like something you should pity Spent an age spotted above the sizzling wires of the city Well, it reminded me of her face Her bleached and hungry eyes Her hair was like a curtain Falling open with the laughter And closing with the lies And the ghost of her still lingers on Though she's passed through me and is gone Well, the slumdogs, they are barking The rain children on the streets and the tears that we will weep today will all be washed away. By the tears that we will weep, we'll weep again tomorrow. Papa won't leave you, Henry. Papa won't leave you, boy. Papa won't leave you, Henry. Papa won't leave you, boy. For the road is long and the road is hard and many fall by the side. Well, Papa won't leave you, Henry. So there ain't no need to cry And I went on down the road He went on down the road Yeah, I went on down the road He went on down the road And I came upon a little house Little house upon a hill And I entered through the curtain hissed Into the house with its blood-red boughs Where wet-lipped women with greasy fists Crawled the ceilings and the walls 
And they filled me full of drink And they led me round the rooms Naked and cold and grinning Until everything went black And I came down spinning I awoke so drunk and full of rage That I could hardly speak A man in a whalebone corset Draping his dick around my cheek Well listen to the shame And listen to the guilt And listen to the fucking brain And the walls went red around me A warm arterial spray Saying Papa won't leave you Henry Papa won't leave you boy So there ain't no need to cry And I went on down the road He went on down the road Yeah, I went on down the road He went on down the road Whoa, 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 whoa It's rainy season where I'm living Death comes leaping out of every doorway Wasting you for money, for your clothes, and for your nothing Favelas exploding on inflammable spillways Lynch mobs, death squads, babies being born without brains The mad heat and the restless rains Well if you stick your arm into that hole it comes out shit up to the bone And with her kisses bubbling on my lips I swipe the rain and nearly to cry. Hell went on down the road. He went on down the road. Yeah, I went on down the road. He went on down the road. Whoa, 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 whoa,